the way you really differentiate yourself is through your creativity going above and beyond that data to make your decisions and to focus on how you make your investments and what you do. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff. With us today, Michael Mandel. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, I'm glad to hear it, and welcome to the show. A little bit about Michael. He's the co-founder and CEO of CompStack, which is a nationwide provider of commercial real estate data and analysis. The company has provided 2 million comps on 700,000 properties, totaling 10 billion leased square feet, and based in New York City, New York. So, with that being said, Michael, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your company's focus? Absolutely, sure. So before starting Comstack, I was a commercial real estate broker. I was working at Grubb & Ellis in New York City. I did office leasing transactions representing both landlords and tenants, and I did data center deals throughout the country. And I started Comstack out of my experience as a broker, because when I was a broker, as probably many brokers who listen to your show can attest I would spend a lot of time trading data, specifically trading lease comps because I did a lot of leasing work. And I was doing that over the phone and via email and most notably like in our weekly market meeting that we had every Monday morning. And really was sitting in one of those market meetings for hours as we're trading random comps for other random comps and realized this is silly. <laughs> we're all sharing this information in the industry. I would be calling up other brokers frantically on Sunday night trying to get information to share in the Monday morning meeting just so I could sit around this table and hear about deals that were largely irrelevant to what I was working on. And the thought was, well, all these brokers are trading data. Why don't we build a database where everybody can put it so you can find what you need when you need it? And that's what we did. We basically took that offline process of people sharing information created a credit system where brokers, appraisers, and research people can earn credits for sharing data on Comstack mm. and then use those credits to get other comps back out. So it, it took what everybody was already doing offline, which was basically tit for tat, you give a comp, you get a comp, and we put it online and made it even more fair. And I think that that was really well received in the industry because it's just a much more efficient way of doing things. Well, yeah, I love that approach. I love that story too. It was like an aha moment where you were doing it offline and there was no real systems. And then you created one and props to you because it's one thing to be in the middle of that madness initially. And then that's another thing to think, oh, well, this would be a good idea. And then it's on a whole nother level to actually act on it and do it. What are some challenges you came across during the acting on it and doing it part? Well, there's constant <laughs> challenges and we continue to have challenges. There's nothing about being an entrepreneur that isn't challenging. But I think what it came down to is I think people have a conception. Oh, you build a tech product and then everybody just uses it and it's an overnight success. And the truth is that for most tech companies, you spend a lot of time 
doing things manually and just grinding away until things start to work and until you sort of hit the flywheel where it works by itself. And in our case, we're trying to create a marketplace. And when you're building a marketplace, you've got a real chicken or the egg problem, right? People don't want to use Comstack unless there's valuable data on there. But you need the people to get the data, but you can't get the data without the people. I mean, you know, so it was a challenge. And basically, initially, it was just me. I remember a distinct memory sitting on my couch in my apartment, calling up every broker that I knew in the industry and saying, hey, I've got this new thing. I set up a login for you. Here's your login. And I want you to send me some comps to put on it and getting them to send comps and log in. And then every week, calling through the same list of people and saying, hey, you haven't logged in this week. Why haven't you <laughs> logged in? Or, hey, you haven't sent me any comps this week. Why haven't you sent them? Until eventually, people just started doing it on their own and finding value on their own. But I had to really manually hand crank that machine <laughs> to get it going. A whole lot of respect for you in that regard. So you got the machine cranked up a little bit. And once you had more people who were on there, what are some major things you've tweaked or optimized with the site or the process that looks different now than originally? Well, fundamentally, we're one of those few companies that what we're doing is fundamentally still the same as what we were doing in the beginning. We haven't pivoted. It's still the same model. I would say we've made the interface a lot better. We've added analytics and sit on top of this data to allow you to really do some interesting things with it. We've added a lot of new ways to search the data and filter it and find what you're looking for. We've had to build out tremendous infrastructure to allow us to process all of the data because when we started, it was just my friends in New York giving us comps. And now we're bringing in over 50,000 comps a month, each one with anywhere from 15 to 50 data points within it. So we're bringing in millions of data points a month and we're getting all this stuff in and like scanned PDFs, Word documents, Excel spreadsheets. So there's been a lot that we've had to do on the back end to scale our infrastructure to be able to do this. And at the end of the day, what's most valuable to our members is the data. The data's got to be there and it's got to be comprehensive and it's got to be high quality. There's a lot of bells and whistles on top of it, but that's not what drives the value. The value is the data and that's what we've always focused on. And I'm purely guessing here, but I'd like to guess, and then you can tell me what the answer is. My guess is that you're going to make money through a version where people can pay to get access to this data. So it will be free for the brokers and people who upload the stuff. And then for people who aren't participating in the sharing system, if you want access to that, then you pay. Is that the business model? Actually, it's very clearly delineated. So we have Comstack Exchange where we have brokers, appraisers, and research people in real estate brokerage firms who share data on Comstack, earn credits for sharing that data, and can use the credits to get other data back out. And that is a free platform. It's been free for seven years and will continue to be free. As long as you give data, you can get data. And actually, those members cannot pay for data. They have to give to get. Okay. And then we have Comstack Enterprise, where we sell subscription access to our data via our web platform. We also have API deals and integrations. And on that side, we have some of the world's largest institutional real estate investors and lenders using that data to make real estate investment decisions and to lend on commercial real estate. So those are, I've got to think about which logos I'm allowed to mention or names I'm allowed to mention, but those are companies like Wells Fargo and other, most of the bulls bracket banks 
people like Blackstone and Tishman Spire and Brookfield and SL Green. It's major insurance companies. It is pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, a lot of major institutions that use this data to make their investment decisions and to lend on commercial real estate. And lots of other use cases too. We have hedge funds that trade on the data. We have insurance companies that do property and casualty insurance underwriting using the data. So there's lots of interesting use cases with it. Did I hear you correct? You have 50,000 comps a month coming in? What'd you say? Yeah, over 50,000 comps come into the system a month. Okay. And that's growing constantly. And did I also hear you right? You've been doing this for seven years? Yep. What point were you out of the woods and you were no longer having to manually call people and it took off more organically than having a hand crank at least? Sure. Well, we still do hand crank. Some markets, we don't have to do any hand cranking, right? <laughs> In New York City, which was our first market, we can do nothing and the thing will just probably go on forever as long as we load the data. We get actually every lease comp in New York City, we get an average of 10 times. And we get a lot of those deals the day they take place because there's a competition for people to be the first one to submit in and earn the most credits for submitting the comp. But mm -hmm. we've consistently been launching new markets. So our database now spans from New York City to Honolulu, Hawaii, Anchorage, Alaska, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're in every state, we're in every town. So in some of those newer, smaller markets, we still have to hang crank. We still have to call up the local people in that market and get them engaged and get them sharing data. But there is a strong network effect. So over time, you have to do less and less of that in a market. And that's why we have right now eight people at Comstack managing 20,000 members. You look at that in contrast to a company like CoStar, which has 1,800 researchers, effectively cold callers, calling for information. So our corollary, our, our exchange team that does that business development work and to build relationships, but they don't have to call everybody. They just have to call some people and they just have to make sure those relationships are strong and people want to contribute. But our members are the ones that are contributing the data and, and doing that work. Why would a successful broker who can afford to pay for a service like CoStar participate in your platform when they have to do some work versus their time is valuable, so instead they choose to just pay for something like CoStar and not have to do any work for the data? Sure. Most of the brokers on Comstack do pay for CoStar and use CoStar, but you can't get this data on CoStar. Part of my experience in starting Comstack was that I used to use CoStar every day when I was a broker, and I used it for listings, but we could never really rely on CoStar for lease comps because the reality is that Everybody wants to share their listings with CoStar because you want your listings out there. But when that same researcher from CoStar would call you and ask you about the terms of the deal for that listing you just took off the market, you wouldn't give that to them because they're not offering you anything in return for it. They're not incentivizing sure. anyone to share that information. So people just don't share that with them. So the end result is that they just don't have good quality lease comp data. So I don't know that it's 100%, but it's probably close to 100% of our members on the exchange side who trade data also use CoStar and they use CoStar for listings and a very high percentage of our enterprise customers use CoStar for listings too. And I think CoStar absolutely is the place you want to go for listings. They have amazing market coverage, particularly for four lease listings, but for lease comps, that wouldn't be the case. And now for sales comps, we now capture sales comp data as well. 
But it's a similar situation. CoStar is able to get the publicly available information and the information people want to share. We're able to capture things like NOI and cap rate from our members because they're incentivized to share it. So that's really the differentiator. CoStar is very good for the things they're very good at. And we're very good at the things we're good at. That's mm-hmm. huge having accurate NOI and cap rate. Is there a checks and balances for the accuracy of the NOI and cap rate? Sure. I think it's a broader question, which is just sort of like, how do we maintain data quality across the board? And that's obviously tricky for any data company, certainly for a crowdsourced data company. But the way we go about it, we actually used to have analysts review every comp that came into the system. And they call up the brokers who did the deal, or they would call up the person who submitted the comp to try to get more information. Obviously, that wasn't scalable. So yeah. what we've done is we've built pretty sophisticated machine learning on top of the process where effectively, we wouldn't really call machine learning algorithms, but basically data science work that is used to look at the decisions our analysts were making in a manual fashion and to automate those decisions. So we are able to pretty efficiently find outliers in the data and clean up the data and normalize a lot of these versions into master records. And then instead of having analysts review every comp, we actually flag certain comps for, for greater review by our analysts. And we also have a community regulation piece. So our members earn credits for updated incorrect data and lose credits if its data has been updated by someone else. And we have the fact that we get every comp multiple times, but every time we get it is another opportunity to validate the data. But I would say the best testament to the quality of our data really is our customer base. Because when you go and pitch a Tishman Spire, you walk into their conference room and they expect you to show them all of their own deals. And you've got to have their deals and those deals have to be accurate. And if they're not, they won't sign a contract. So I think that that's really testament to the quality. Very true. That's a great point. In some databases, I've seen some pretty wacky stuff on my company portfolio's deals. I'm like, that's not right, but I don't care. I'm not going to correct it because in some cases it's beneficial that they have it so grossly inaccurate for, for us. So it, it's, I, I have going back. But you're, probably, but you're probably not eager to sign a contract with that customer. With that company. I, I would not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's quite the company that you have. I find this fascinating from an entrepreneurial standpoint and also being in the industry. Do your typical clients, you mentioned a couple times lease listings and lease comps. Are you referring to a certain asset class when you're mentioning this? For our lease comps, we cover office, retail, and industrial. And for sales comps, we cover basically everything but single family homes. Okay. And then we cover related property information for all of those assets. Okay. When you take a look at some of the data that's been accessible and been updated, do you all put together any reports on surprising things or industry trends or market trends based on the data? Or do you always want to keep that data behind closed doors for the members? No, we certainly do on occasion. We don't do it very often because when you're a startup and you're resource constrained, you have to figure out how best to deploy your resources. And frankly, it takes a while to write reports and get them out there. We are now significantly building out our team. We're actually building out a new team here at Comstack that we call Comstack Intelligence. And we're going to be putting out a lot of content, market reports, but also daily little tidbits on interesting things we're finding in our data. And we're going to be publishing that over email and writing blog posts. So you've hit on something that is actually a real priority for us this year. 
And I actually just interviewed candidates to join that team today. And I'm very excited about it because we have such a unique data set and we think that we can create some really special thought leadership leveraging that data. Based on your experience in the industry and as an entrepreneur, what's your best advice ever for real estate investors? (laughs) Well, I guess I'll be biased here and say my advice is that you should leverage data to do your job exceptionally and then you should leverage creativity to really make a difference. I think that data has become table stakes in this industry. No, you're not going to win a deal. You're not going to make the best investment decision because you've got better data than somebody else, or at least you shouldn't. You should make sure you've got every piece of data you can available to you so that that doesn't become a variable for you. And then the way you really differentiate yourself is through your creativity going above and beyond that data to make your decisions and to focus on how you make your investments and what you do. But if you're not doing the fundamentals of leveraging every piece of data that's available, you're really missing the boat. Mm, Great point. Thank you for that. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh boy. I hope so. (laughs) All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular, want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. All right, what's the best-ever book you've recently read? (laughs) Well, I just read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. I don't know if it's the best-ever, but it was a really good read. My latest book that I just picked up is The Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark LaBerge, who was the head of sales for HubSpot, and I'm excited to read that one. I just saw him speak, and he was great. What's the best ever transaction you've done, either through CompStack or as a broker or as an investor? Good question. Well, the funny thing is, the best transaction that came to mind is one that blew up on me when I was a broker. That would have been the best ever. No, but um, (laughs) What was it? Tell us. Tell us us the story of that. Oh, man. I had a massive data center deal I was working on. It was an off-market deal, and it was a $2 million commission on a data center deal in Manhattan. And <laughs> the deal blew up because another company got wind of the deal we were doing and came in from under us. They had better credit than my tenant, and they basically, the landlord did the same exact deal with another company that had better credit than my tenant. <laughs> oh, man. You're smiling about it now, but I bet you weren't then. <laughs> oh, I was not. It, was a game ch- it would have been a game-changing deal, but frankly... Had that deal taken place, I don't know that I would have started Comstack. I would have been sitting on a lot of money and I maybe would have said, you know what, I'm going to stick with this brokerage thing. So maybe there is a silver lining in it. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I have two kids, so I don't do a lot of kicking back. I've got a four and a half year old and a one and a half year old, but lately I, I just got a Peloton bike in my house, a spin bike, and it's no, awesome. I mean, and I would say... I, I said yes. giving giving back, not kicking back. Oh, giving... <laughs> oh, I thought you said kicking back. Kicking back. That's funny. As far as giving back, I spend a lot of time talking to other entrepreneurs. I try to help people and sort of getting their businesses off the ground. 
and particularly people in real estate tech who reach out. And I try to be as helpful as I can to help them figure out how they can build their businesses because I'm happy to support the ecosystem. Real quick, do you like that bike? I love the bike. It's great. The bike is awesome. Best ever way the listeners can learn more about your business? Just go to our website, comstack.com, C-O-M-P-S-T-A-K.com. Check it out. But they can also email me. I'm just michael at comstack.com. And happy to chat. Michael, enjoyed our conversation. Loved hearing about your entrepreneurial journey, how you were in the middle of a process that was unnecessary and you identified it as being unnecessary. And not only did you identify it, but then you did something about it and have been doing something about it for the last seven years with CompStack. So that is relevant for anyone regardless of what we're working on. But then also having your one-two punch of you've got to have the data, but then how do you leverage it creatively? And that's so applicable to business and everything else. You've got to have the core assets or tools, but then what do you do with them? How do you leverage those tools? Well, we all have access to those tools or we could have access to them if we're resourceful enough, but then what do we do with them? And I love thinking about business that way. So thank you so much for being on the show. Enjoyed learning about your company. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Terrific. Thank you. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.